Sir Valfred and the T1 of Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, this 500th edition, sadly, of Fangraphs Audio, is contributor to CBSSports.com's Eye on Baseball, Dane Perry. As is the case with all of other Dane Perry's appearances on Fangraphs Audio, this one begins with a disclaimer. It begins with a disclaimer. If you've come to Fangraphs Audio looking for the same sort of crack analysis, which appears in the electronic pages of that site, do not listen. Do not listen to this. Don't listen to this. Instead, what you should do, for example, is look at the frequent Monday editions of Fangraphs Audio featuring Dave Cameron, managing editor of Fangraphs Dave Cameron, or alternatively, consider the Friday editions of Fangraphs Audio. Typically on a Friday, Kylie McDaniel, the lead prospect analyst for Fangraphs, the lead prospect analyst for Fangraphs.com, will appear and provide insight into the world of prospects and prospect analysis. If you've come looking for baseball analysis, do not listen to what follows. No, what follows is instead the hollow and hopeless declarations of a sad, sad man. So let's get to that. Let's get to those declarations. It is Fangraphs Audio features Dane Perry of CBSSports.com, etc. And it begins right now. Did you ask a question? Boston Logan. Boston Logan, yeah. Yep. To join uh, ISIS? <laughs> I uh, I told you, uh, I, I misspoke in my email, Dan. I told you I was going to grab the prime spot near the Panda Express. Yes. Uh, however, it was occupied. Ah. It's a sort of space that was away from all of the other chairs and also next to a trash can. Okay. And I thought no one would want to sit there. Right. Well, someone did. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And as my father was fond of saying during Little League baseball games, especially when I was batting, it only takes one, Cars. <laughs> only takes one. <laughs> I, think, I think he was not referring to this kind of situation, though. No, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think he was saying, uh, he was lamenting the fact that he and my mother had only made love once and she was pregnant immediately. It only takes one son to dash your hopes. <laughs> Can you speak to that too, Dane? Maybe. Mm. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, I'm at Boston Logan uh, again. I was not able to sit near the Panda Express. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now I am near the Book Link. Okay. Book Link, where I see that there is a biography of Mario Lopez. <laughs> okay. With a tasteful black and white photo on the front that does not at all. Um, it's, it does not evoke the mental images I have personally of Mario Lopez. Was that uh, was that William Manchester's final? Boxer? <laughs> I'm not mistaken. That was his last work. <clears throat> yeah. Have you read the? Um, oh, let's see. What is the uh, the sort of biography of the OED? It's the uh, the something in the Madman. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. There was, a, there was a different version. There was the professor and the madman, and also Mario Lopez. <laughs> yeah. How two great minds, and also a uh, teenage actor. Yes. <laughs> gathered together to create the world's most important dictionary. Well, have you read Robert Caro's uh, Power Broker and Mario Lopez? <laughs> Oh, Dane. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Right. First of all, I have to say that um highly possible that the Internet will cut out at some point because I'm utilizing the free 
Oh boy. Internet available here. So you're going so prepare yourself, gird yeah. your loins for the amount of frustration you will feel when that when that happens. Uh, nah, yeah, well, the conversation's over at that point. Anyway. <laughs> uh, secondly, Dane. Yes. <clears throat> um, I don't often wish you were here, but in this particular case I did as I was getting in line uh, for screening a, here at the airport. Yes. I witnessed uh, in front of me uh, two, two folks ahead of me in line for that. I witnessed uh, legitimate business anger. <laughs> one side of a heated business argument um, a man a man who I noticed uh, he had a, he works for a company I think called Cognex he was in heated debate with I don't with someone named Jay or Jack uh, and they did not see eye to eye let me ask you this yeah uh, was he in a suit? Or a branded collared polo shirt. Oh, it's interesting. He had a uh, he had a windbreaker on top of it, so okay. I could not I couldn't see actually. And uh, I cannot guarantee that he removed the windbreaker before going uh, through screening, which is um, I mean that's just that's policy. So I was a little he bit had things on his mind. Surprised? Yeah, he did. Maybe he, if Jack wasn't such an. A- yeah, right. Well, he said to Jack, he said. Um, he said, you weren't there, Jack. That's one of the things he said. Okay. And he also said, you don't know what the ask was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he said, you don't know what the ask was. And then I saw him... Sounds like uh, sounds like Windbreaker Man might not have hit his numbers. <laughs> and uh, then uh, a minute later, I saw him on the other side of, uh, of airport screening... I saw him. He he was in conversation with what I sensed was a a different person and someone maybe of a colleague, maybe more of a colleague as opposed to this this Jack character. Okay. Um, and he said, and I heard him say the words, "Well, that's what I told Jack." <laughs> so there's a lot of drama, a lot of drama here in in Terminal A. Now was it was it like was it like, well, that's what I told Jack, or was it like? Thank you. That's exactly what I told Jack. <laughs> no, no. I think I think the, the point, the way I took it was, um, he was making the point that he had maybe uh, half misled Jack in some, <laughs> by some of his comments. Oh, this like, is great. Like that, he said, "Well, that's what I told Jack." Well, that's what I told Jack. Yeah, that's what I told. Didn't entirely mean it. <laughs> right. Yeah. He told. Uh, I think he was borrowing a phrase from Emily Dickinson insofar as he told the truth, but told it slant. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Okay. So yeah, that's so big stories. Yeah. Big stories here. I've walked. Uh, I've walked throughout the entire gate. A Dane. Uh, I've walked by Auntie Anne's. Yes. Okay. I walked by Legal Seafood. Um, uh, I enjoy walking through airports. Well, I know that you enjoy air travel generally, in particular when you're alone. Right. Do you enjoy walking through airports when you're with your family? Uh, no. Okay. I enjoy walking through airports alone. How much of it do you think has to do with the airport itself, or or the or the alone element of it? Uh, it's both, but also I I would like to uh, uh, call out for ridicule uh, the Kansas City Airport. Okay, okay. specifically <laughs> terrible walking airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have well, it's a good preview of the city, then I assume. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. Well, the walking element, it does not seem as though 
Uh, I, I've never been to Kansas City, but I would not say. Stop talking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to speak to you from over here while I pour myself some coffee. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, you go through security, and like, there's a like your area, your gate area, you know, which is along with like two or three other gates, is like partitioned off. And there's like maybe a coffee shop and a restaurant that you can make it to. Like, otherwise you're walled off from everything, or you have to go out and go back through security. And wait, you go out and go back through security. So, oh, is it to to go where you? Yeah. Now, um. Yeah, like the retail spaces seem to be outside security. Okay. Yeah. It's it's really I, I, I object strongly to the design of Kansas City Airport, and I don't know whom to tell. <laughs> well, I, I can actually I noticed uh, that the the gate A at Logan is was designed by HOK Architects, who I believe were also responsible for uh, Oriole Park at Camden Yards and several other. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, well, they know what they were doing. Yeah. See, that's you know. Yeah. O'Hare is very pleasant in this regard. You can walk everywhere. Although I believe, didn't O'Hare typically lead the nation in uh, flights delayed and canceled? Well, that's an entire other issue. Yeah. It's a different issue. Yeah. But it would add or subtract from your enjoyment of I'm the facility. About, I'm talking about the simple pleasure of walking, a walking tour of retail space. Okay. Now, nothing, in my opinion, pops uh, Minneapolis. That's actually that will be where I'm. That's where I'm flying to. Oh, it's so pleasant to walk. Okay, it's like a mall. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many stores, and I don't buy anything. I just you know, it's good to know it's there. It's like museums, right? Well, it's like a it's like a security blanket for for the American. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if 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 the shops are open, then everything's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of security blanket for the Americans, mm-hmm. uh, are you prepared I, to sell us a security blanket? Is that what? Is this a business pitch, Dane? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you glad you mentioned security blankets. I've teamed up with Ktel. <laughs> uh, I was uh, I had the TV on recently, the television, the television, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was doing something else, and I was drinking. Uh, so I'm not fully certain that what I'm about to tell you is truth. But I believe I caught on the corner of my eye uh, a Papa John's commercial in which it was touting Fritos as a topping. Okay. Can you, you can you speak to the truth of this? I No, 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 I can't. But I, I think the reality in which you're living... Yeah. Whether it's the same as everyone else's, uh, sounds sounds amusing enough. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, let's say that's the case. Okay. This I find this appalling. So okay. Well, don't eat it. I guess is the first thing. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm. You know, I'm not some sort of you know awful foodie like Chris Swick maybe who <laughs> sneers and sniffs at everything you know what I mean but your point is that that you maybe f- you feel slightly troubled by l- not only by living in a place living in a place where that is a, a food yeah. item that is being served but also that um, you perhaps are, the, are a target demographic no no that's not it that's not it fuckaroo yeah okay 
What's your What's your issue then? Well, my feeling is that there are certain things that everyone should feel is beneath them. <laughs> and Fritos on a pizza <laughs> is perhaps the bastion uh-huh. of things that should be beneath everyone. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Now, merely because it's beneath them, does that mean? Um, does that mean that if I feel it's beneath me, does that also mean I won't eat it? Or is there a difference there? You know, ideally. Okay. I, I suppose, you know, on the lower scale of beneath, mm-hmm. like bottom layer of yeah. above Fritos on pizza, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there is that, there is, you know, there are air bars there, and you can reach down and have that Frito pizza without, you know, compromising. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying at this point, but I, I you know, I suppose, yeah. I, I, yeah, sure. You, so, what you, so you want there to be, you want everyone to come together and agree that this is be, that this is beneath them. Yes. And it, because and then for you, what are the implications if there are people who dissent what? from that point of view? Uh, here's what I'm saying. Okay, like I understand like eating something that would normally turn your stomach out of desperation. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to procure a Papa John's pizza, just yeah. cheese or pepperoni, right? You know, there's no, there's, you know, the desperation at that point is out of the equation when you when you get the Frito pizza. Right, you're right. You you could right because you you can you're already being able to afford a pizza. Right, you're already you're already in. Right, and I don't think I mean here's Papa John himself is shirtless, asking you what you want. <laughs> you don't have to tell him the Frito pizza. Right. Right. He's drunk. He's, he's definitely drunk. Yeah, he's definitely drunk. You know, um, uh, it's a uh, the it's a topic which I'm sure has been addressed by many. But uh, in terms, but um, it reminded me to your point of of uh, being in front of the television but not giving it your full attention. Yeah. During the presentation of the MVP uh, trophy to Madison Bumgarner after the World Game Seven of the World Series. Oh my goodness! Yes. Right. Um, that was actually I had that moment because this is a thing that happens um, at the end of every World Series. You have some, uh, you have a corporate sponsor uh, deliver a brief speech in which he attempts to align the virtues of his product with the virtues of the baseball player who's winning the award. <laughs> right? He's like Matt. You would say Madison Bumgarner is a top performer. So yeah. is. Papa John's Pizza. Papa John's Frito Pizza. Frito Pizza is a top performer in, <laughs> in the market, and um, and I think that generally, one who's seen these before it sort of trained himself to only half listen until the presentation's over. You you essentially there's a script to it, right? Sure. Yeah. And ha- being somewhat aware of that, having seen these sorts of presentations That's before. Fine. Oversized check from Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Pepper himself. Yeah. Yeah. a good doctor. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I that speech began um, in which you know the the sponsor from Chevrolet was uh, and and I put my head down and I think even that anyone who's watched these has a, knows that the certain length of time for which these last right there's a certain cadence to it <laughs> there's a template and so but then I was writing something and I kept hearing the word I kept hearing the word Chevrolet. <laughs> and um, and <laughs> this is this is saying Chevrolet a lot, Chevy and Chevrolet, 
So I looked back up and then I saw the thing that everybody saw, which was just you know someone not at not not working not at the peak not at working at peak performance, <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, and so that was upsetting. But but to your point though, just the thing you see that's weird. This actually turned out to be very real, and everyone saw it. I, we still we still not we're not positive about Frito pizza. Right, correct. Frito typing pizza. Because um, you also use uh, peyote with some frequency. <laughs> I do. I yeah, do. and so that's a, just sort of one of those things you can mishear a word. Right. Yeah. And I, you now you've invented Frito pizza, a product which you yourself detest. Yeah. <laughs> you're really railing, like everyone is really, you're railing against the, 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 your own creations. I always knew I would be the author of my own demise. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and here it is. Here it is. It's a fact. Here it is. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm about to go away for four or five days, Dane. Okay. Uh, I'm going to Phoenix, Arizona to watch this the marriage. Uh, this is what is like an application process for ISIS and initial interviews. <laughs> because um, those would definitely take place in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> um, <clears throat> the... Um, uh, I'm I'm concerned about something. I don't know for a fact that's going to happen. Okay. I'm not necessarily concerned of it f- in, in, for my own sake, but I'm concerned about the implications. And uh, you know that I've recently, uh, my wife and I have acquired a dog. Yes. I am, I would say I'm concerned that I will miss my dog more than my wife. This is reasonable. And yeah. I'm wondering if you've ever done that uh, too. If you Have you ever missed your dog more than your wife? Um, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. an interesting question. Do you ever miss? Do you ever miss either of them? Yes. You yes. do. Okay. Of course. Yes. All right. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a beast, Sestuli. Mm-hmm. You well. You were recently in Kansas. What you were in Kansas? Did you go to San Francisco too? I did. Wow. Yeah, I was I've gone seen, for a long time. CBS Sports is really putting a lot of stock in your abilities. Yeah, it's curious. It yeah. really is. Yeah, they're making yeah. yeah some some what I would say strange editorial choices. I'm waiting for the the cane to yank me off stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. you're saying is you're performing at the Apollo Theater tonight. Is that what you said? <laughs> that is correct. Okay, I'm just curious. What I thought I saw. Stand up. Yeah. 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 You have to do it. I've actually I've been to the Apollo Theater uh, myself. Yeah. As an interloper, as a honky interloper. And I would um, I would say that if you're going to go as a white performer, you have to you have to uh, the only way to really succeed, and I think this is documented, is to amplify your whiteness. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. To yeah to make self-effacing jokes about your whiteness. Right. Right. So if you're going to do some dancing, yeah. it has to be right. It has to have characteristics of what the sort of dancing would typically attribute to white people. Right. Yeah. So just some tips from the pros. Okay. I, when I went, Steve Harvey was the host. Okay. And but yeah, by, the, the TV show, the TV show would fill me with, ah, uh, come on, like when it was the opening strains of it, mm-hmm. and I would turn it oh, off. I, I enjoyed my trip to, and I will. I will also say, uh, as an as an um, as an aside, uh, beside the the tasteful looking biography of Mario Lopez, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, is also a biography of Steve Harvey. I find that Steve Harvey is is given to real talk. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Even at times when I don't think anyone's asking for it. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Steve Harvey is a he's a professional entertainer. Mm-hmm. Yep. He 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 strikes me as someone who acts the same whether the cameras are on or not. I can buy that. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. just born. He's born to do that. Be a fantastically crabby old man. <laughs> he's, just, uh, he's going to just be brimming with with indecent insults at age. Do you so so you don't so no you when you were away did you did you miss your your family? I did very much. Okay, but if you were to distribute, how much you miss them? Okay, percentages. We'll say your wife, your child, and your dog. If you had a hundred percent of hundred percent to distribute between them, what what would be your figures? Do you think? That's an awful question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, see, I, I'm more of a functioning adult than I used to be, so these percentages are going to be more conventional. Okay. Um, so I would say like I'm trying to make sure this adds up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say. What add up does it? Um, I don't know, man. F off. Okay, <laughs> there's your answer. <laughs> uh, it would go, in all honesty, uh, child, wife, dog. It would what? Child, wife, dog. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, ch- child's going to come first most of the time because that that's a that's a uh, that, that the person shares your genetic material. Right. So really, it's like missing yourself. And I'm not just saying that. I, I genuinely uh, missed him badly. So. You did, right? Oh, he seems to be turning into something uh, something pretty good. I I, I, I like the boy. So. Yeah. I would imagine in a this we're this is a, we're diving he- headlong into real talk, but I would imagine that the passing of Oscar Tavares, um, after whom I believe your son had modeled his baseball swing, yep, uh, was not well received in the Perry household. It was not. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just awful. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, he, you know, he didn't fully grasp it. Right. Because he's, uh, he asked me again last night the same question is, is, does this mean he won't be able to play anymore? You know, so obviously he doesn't, you know, he understands he's gone and whatever, but I think, I don't know if there's part of him that thinks like he can come back and play, you know, I don't know what it right, is. Right, right. Has he, have you had to deal with that? Any funerals or anything like that? Uh, you know, he's had like, you know, my wife and I have had like aunts and uncles pass away, but I don't, he's not been to a funeral yet. But I mean, he understands what death is, so I'm not really sure, you know, you know, he knows you, you know, go away and don't come back. I'm not really sure why he's asking this, you know, Paris or whatever. So, you know, he understands what death is. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, like, it's like, when he had this, you know, I, I did not take this very well. I just thought that was, you know, like anyone else, I thought it was awful, awful news and mm-hmm. it would be hard and, you know, but then I'm like, you know, am I, what, what part of me feels this way just because he was probably going to be a great baseball player for the team that I root for, you know? Yeah. I, obviously, if it, if it had been another phenom for another team or whatever, I would feel terrible as well. But... No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not a 
it wasn't a tasteful moment to, to hang up. <laughs> I just can't stand your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the uh, yeah, that was the minute the minute mark. Now I'm actually paying for internet as we speak. Were you were you like holding the laptop away and doing a wanking motion with the other hand? <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to hand you a tissue <laughs> through the internet. God, this guy. Uh, Out over here. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I think uh, there are strange feelings uh, one is f- uh, forced to consider to deal with when, while lamenting the death of any famous person. Right. Because then you immediately say, well, you immediately force to say, well, there are, you know, whatever, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who die every day who are not famous. Right. Uh, why do I lament those? But I think that I would submit, and uh, this is one unsubstantiated thought in a, <laughs> in a, um, among many, is that it's not necessarily, I mean, it is Oscar Tavares about whom you're upset, but you say, oh, the idea of that happening is does not seem fair. It does not seem fair. Someone, any young person, young people aren't supposed to die, and then someone with uh, great potential, with potential to bring uh, happiness to other people, who in particular, I think, Tavares had demonstrated um, a uh, uh, flair, had demonstrated some manner of flair, flourish, yeah. uh, which I think we're all pleasant. And you don't like to see that, uh, m- you know, made moot by uh, this dumb, cold death. But what are you going to do? Yeah, it's just, you know, and and I don't know. Baseball as an institution means more to me than probably any other institution in that the future of it has been diminished uh, because probably, what is he, probably one of the, in his age group, maybe one of the three or four or five most talented people on earth at, at playing baseball. You know? right. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, so... It's not replaced easily. No. Obviously, all that's secondary to the loss of the human being, but that's I. You know, I have to admit that's probably part of my thinking. Yeah, I think that's fine. I uh, no, I think that's yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, so I, I don't personally don't see anything wrong with it because uh, you know you think a lot about the sport, and then that happens, and yeah. you know, you're going to think about it. you know you're probably not on top of it when uh, we lose a great composer, Dane. This is true. You know. Yes, uh, maybe it's possible that great composers are dropping left and right, and yeah. uh, you have you you feel nothing. Joe Walsh, you know, is he still? Where is he right now? Is he, is he with the Angels? He's doing fine. He is. Yeah, hmm. yeah, doing fine. Better believe it. All right. Well, uh, hey, so tell me about your travels. Did any? You have anything to report? Out of the ordinary? Did you witness anything? I saw. I did. I saw. I cut your one. One uh, report from the front lines of baseball. You were at the Kansas City Royals gift shop. <laughs> yes, confirmed. Where a Lego, a Cardinals yeah. Lego character had been felled by a yes by a gang, or an unruly gang of Royals Lego characters. They thought no one would notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they thought they could get away with that sinister nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you did you have any other fresh reportage, or was that <laughs> was it the bulk of it? I uh, I believe I broke the story that Marlins man would be back in Kansas City. You do? Oh. Since seven. Okay. Got a hot exclusive with him. You did? Yeah. Anything else to report? I, 
Is he just like a business? Is he just a business guy? L- Lawrence Levy. Yeah. He's uh, he's an attorney. He's an attorney. He's a Miami-based attorney who uh, spends his uh, presumably substantial uh, levels of discretionary income on you know obtaining premium seats at major sporting events. Yeah, he's done a good job of it. He's done a very good job of it. Yeah, yeah. visible seats. Yeah, there's not much. There's not many things you can say. There's no stopping him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think with with Lawrence Levy's penchant for getting premium seats to sporting events, there's no stopping him. Do you? How do you feel about now? On the one hand, I say, well, that's not something I would like to be remembered for, right? Uh, if I if I could be remembered for one thing, that's not it. At the same time, you know, there are billions of people, and what are any of them going to be remind, remind, remembered for? Right. So then I say, well, at least, you know, he etched his name in, you know, the history books. Not a, not like one of the most popular history books, but one that, you know, probably sell more than uh, sort of than your book about Reggie Jackson. Public school history book. <laughs> That's been used by now 15 generations of area <laughs> students. It doesn't even, there's not even like the right capital of Alaska. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he he was also a uh, seemed to be a very patient gentleman because everyone wanted to take selfies with him. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, very obliging. Uh, probably because I suppose he enjoys that sort of thing. Right. So. Yeah, I did notice that he gave his phone number out on Twitter. I did not notice that. Yeah, someone had. He might have eventually deleted. That seems ill-advised. Yeah. I would not do that. Hey, Dane, this is the part of the show where I read an, uh, a quote, a passage from uh, em- Emil Chorin's The Trouble with Being Born. Okay. And then uh, you react to it however you want. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is, uh, this is uh, from Emil Chorin's The Trouble with Being Born. Extraordinary pleasure, he says, extraordinary pleasure at the thought that being human, one is born under an accursed star. And that whatever one has undertaken and whatever one is going to undertake will be fondled by mischance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Who is this guy? Fondled by mischance. I think he's he's a collective of great minds who (laughs) ride under one. Oh, like the... uh, the theories about Shakespeare and right. his works. Shakespeare theories, yeah. Right. There was, yeah, there was just like a, a small cadre of, of talented aphorists. They all decided to render the name of. Uh, and, and Mario Lopez. And, and Mario Lopez, right? Mario Lopez. Actually, the book is actually ghostwritten by Mario yeah. Lopez and Steve Harvey together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as they probably reveal in those biographies that I'm not yeah. going to read. Yeah. But I asked my wife. I said. Um, I said, Callie, that's her name. I said, Callie, do you feel as though whenever I try and put the moves on you, that you feel as though you are being fondled by mischance? She said something along those lines, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. Fondled by mischance. That was a well-turned, well-turned passage. I want to say right now, I don't know if they're listening, but a young couple from Houston, Texas, uh-huh. um, the, the gentleman of the two sent me an email. He said... I don't know why you would ever do this, but um, why you, why you would ever give this out to a stranger? But uh, we would like my wife, my wife or my girlfriend. I would like your address so we could send you 
We could send you an Emil Chorn themed craft. <laughs> and I said, well, I might as well find out. And yeah, uh, if this is the way I die, that's also that's also fine. Even if this is a devastating ruse, it's yeah. important to find out if that's true. Right. And, uh, well, lo and also behold, Dane Perry. Send the hold. A week later, I received in the mail, and I thanked him so much for this, um, the a needlepoint, a framed oh. needlepoint <laughs> craft work. <laughs> it says in one bubble, it says, uh, I forget the exact wording of the, the phrase. It says, like, what do I do from morning till night? And then in the second bubble, an embroidered bubble, it says, I endure myself. <laughs> and it has little sort of sunbursts of flowers surrounded. The two bubbles are surrounded by bursts of needlepoint flowers. I think it's needlepoint. I, I apologize. But it's a crafty. It was crafty. Something you could buy all the products at a Benjamin Franklin near you. Okay. And um, Hobby Lobby. And it said, yeah, Hobby, yeah it said uh, E.M. Chorn. Because he said that. What do I do? How do I go from morning to I endure myself? Yeah. And it was great. It was a great uh, comment. Why have you not tweeted out a picture of this crap? I don't know if they would if they wanted it to be revealed. I'll gladly do it. Maybe I'll send an email. I, the fact that I received it, at least, that's probably only, only uh, reasonable. I think that would be I, literally the least you could do. Yeah. Well, no, I'm doing presently. I'm actually, I've actually <laughs> transcended the least just by mentioning it on air. Fair boy, fair yeah. boy. Yeah. I could have opened it and just thrown it in the, you know, the trash and that's it. I guess that would be the least you could do. Which, <laughs> by the way, that would have been rude, but I think Ian Jordan would have approved. <laughs> that's true. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, how about, can we, maybe we'll repeat that another, another moment of, uh, in which I read aloud a passage from Emil Chorn's book and you react however you want? Uh, certainly. The worst crimes, writes Emil Chorn, the worst crimes are committed out of enthusiasm, a morbid state responsible for almost all public and also private disasters. <laughs> <laughs> And this one's dark, but I think great, and I think that you would you'll enjoy this a lot. Uh, Emil Chorn writes, "My vision of the future. I'm, if I have read this one before, I apologize. My vision of the future is so exact, and exact is italicized to show you to emphasize it. My vision of the future is so exact that if I had children, I should strangle them here and now." <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. This guy. This guy, Mr. He, Party, Mr. Party Pants. He is a gentleman. Yes, yeah, he's committed. He's committed to his endeavor. He's yeah, he's really great. Uh, yeah, you know, I actually ordered that book. You did? Yeah, I've not yet uh, read it. No, don't. Yeah, the nice thing about it is, uh, it's uh, you can read it in very small small doses. I, which I, that's generally how I consume it. Do you, I would suggest putting it by the toilet, Dane. You know, it does strike me, uh, I'm thumbing through it presently, mm-hmm. uh, it does strike me as heaven-sent toilet reading. Yes, yeah. These are the sorts of thoughts you want yeah. to be having. Which, because I don't know if you've ever read, not, it, this is definitely not something I would do now, um, but at one point I considered myself um, it, um, is enthusiastically intellectual. Oh, That's boy. how I consider myself. I don't know if anyone else considered me that. But I was yeah. enthusiastic about the, about the world, the life of the mind. 
Oh, and boy. I had noted uh, that in one of my favorite movies at the time, and I think probably still now, uh, Woody Allen's uh, Annie Hall. Uh-huh. Woody Allen's Annie Hall. Uh, one of the there's a point at which, um, you know, Woody Allen is trying. Woody Allen's character is trying to uh, introduce uh, the uh, Diane Keaton's character to the also the, um, the world of the intellect, and he buys her um, Ernest Becker's Denial of Death. Okay. Ernest Becker was a psychologist, I guess. Probably not alive anymore. Uh, but essentially, it, uh, Becker is uh, concerned with... Uh, he's discussing how we refuse the, the, the death will ever occur to us. But we try, we attempt to, but it is a, it's, it's impossible because it mostly comes down to because of the fact that um, we... Because we... Okay. We're forced to... This is a thing that reminds us that we're human, that we process things, we're organic material, and... Um, uh, and so, but so to your point though, um, uh, that's why uh, we're, we're no no uh, at no point are we more aware of our mortality than uh, on the John. Yeah. And uh, what a great time to embed yourself in the works of Emil Chorn. Wait, the ladies poop. <laughs> uh, you have stolen the name of my children's book. <laughs> Back. Back to the drawing board. Ladies poop. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. uh, So there it is. Yeah. Put put it. You you have lost the uh, the zeal to become a towering intellect. Yeah. Nothing uh, does not interest me at this point. Yeah. That's good. Speak well of you. I think it does. Yeah. That's a little bit silly. That. Well, having gone. uh, Well, I was not a very good college student, but then even I mean, I went to. School for Creative Writing, which you also did as graduate level, and you sort of brush up against it because creative writing is not really an intellectual endeavor, but you will read texts. Yes. Uh, you will read. You will sometimes accidentally encounter literary theory, and it's it's impenetrable. Um, yeah. And it's it's useless, and it's not even joyfully useless. It's a great burden, and it's also difficult. Um, so I said, this is not. How I want to spend my time. Yeah, the de- like deconstruction of a text is one of the most joyless exercises imaginable. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It, it actually, it still um, remains. I, I have never answered sufficiently the question. I have only thought. Of, I haven't thought about it much more, much longer than that, though, so as to how to enjoy a text with other with someone else. You know. How do you mean? Uh, to be like, oh, I read this text. And now you read that text, and what should we do about it? What should we do um, about? It? What should we do? We want. We both want to enjoy it together. You know, how do we? Uh, how do we do that? Talk about how you enjoyed it. Yeah. What you enjoyed about it. Okay. Specific passages that struck you. I mean, I guess that's what that's what I like to do. Yeah. Um, that's what well, I like to do. I when I sit around with people and like, oh, listen to this. Isn't yeah. that? Well, I mean, like what what we're doing with you know. Yeah. How do you pronounce his last name? Choran. I believe Choran. Yeah, I believe yeah. Choran. Yeah. Has, has anyone ever um, finding out learning that you um, attended a career writing program or that you are interested in in letters? Uh, has anyone said, "Oh, I would like you to read some of my poems"? Uh, thank God that doesn't happen much. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the last time that did happen. But did it happen when you were younger? Do you think? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did happen. 
And uh, now it's like it doesn't really come up because the conversation sort of gets stopped at, at you know baseball writer or whatever you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, that used to happen, and uh, it's just awful. Yeah, yeah. it's not I so mean, good. Yeah, I had a friend who uh, who uh, after college. I went to college with him, but after college, he, he was just a, a furious poet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, would press upon me to, to, you know, read and give feedback. And yeah, that's yeah, that's the problem. I, f- I find I I actually have even um, I have the warmest feelings to those people who work busily on their own mm-hmm. and then uh, ask you to read none of it. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you say, oh look at this is an attractive quality. This person's. Yeah. This person is satisfied by this, and maybe they attempt to publish it, maybe they do publish it, but never once have they mentioned that I should read it. Yeah, see, I'll read that once it's been vetted and published by an established journal. Yeah, not that that really does that much. Right, well, yeah. but yeah, I'm at least more inclined to think, well, okay, someone has deemed this worthy of reading. Right, right. And then you have to give feedback, and you have to decide, do I tell them this is awful, or do I do, I do the creative writing, you know, seminar trick and find something positive to say first before I tear it to shreds. Yeah, right. You know, when I was, the best workshop I ever took, um, we would do this, and I'm, if I've told you this before, sorry, uh, we would show up there, like 10 of us in class, everyone, each week, would bring a poem they had written and a poem that someone else had written, usually along a certain theme. Yeah. And then we would read them all, occasionally they would... Uh, ignite a discussion which yeah. might um, inform our decisions for the poems we should bring in next week and then yeah. that was it there was never any like line by line critiques or anything like that oh you should change this conjunction it's going to really open up the poem eh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd find that useful oh I found it very useful can I tell you why sure. um, it was great for no, no, they weren't all gems but I found it uh, valuable in terms um, just being immersed in in works, but just only for a short time. So it, so the thing was, if you liked it, you could say, I'll, I'll go, oh, that, thank you for the suggestion. I'll go pursue that on my own. And then alternatively, if you did not care for it, it was so short it didn't matter. That's fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the thing I enjoyed about that. I believe everything should be presented in that form. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, one of the, uh, I took a class under Steve Barkleme, who is brother to Frederick Barkleme and yeah. Donald Barkleme. And uh, Wait, Frederick and Donald were brothers too. Yep. Oh wow, yeah. I like yeah. that Donald Barkleme a lot. Yeah, he's 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 a good egg. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know the man, but yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but his uh, his refrain was, and he seemed to say this every time any sort of story was workshopped or whatever. Mm-hmm. He would sort of, uh, there's just a lot in here that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And then it would, you know, and he would, he, he was not, he was not uh, inclined to do the uh, positive things first. Sure. You know? Yeah. And a lot of it was just tearing something to shreds, which actually I found very useful. Right. Uh, because, I mean, he would, you know, if this, if this sentence right here sounds good to you, and you need to reevaluate your tastes. <laughs> I okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing it. Unsparing. Doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You found that valuable. Yeah. He's yeah. big on like you have to have proper 
aesthetic taste as a foundation. Like, it kind of flows from that. And then he wasn't so narrow as to, like, you have to like this book or this or whatever. Right, but you need to have a, you need to have some sort of, uh, uh, thing to which you're aspiring. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, and, and some sort of sense of what is, you know, high art and what is not. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. I suppose I, I'm guessing we've lost the listeners at this point. Yeah. Well, what's the? What's the? I had a couple other notes here for you. Things that might interest you. Let's see. Now, but, what? Uh, what is it about ISIS that has attracted you? I want to tell you. I was in uh, Montreal a couple weeks ago, and there was a, gar- a a clothing store co- uh, called ISIS. <laughs> walking down the street, I said, I saw ISIS to my wife. I said, you think that they are upset? About the, they're considering a name change. I said that is not good. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that 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 acronym is ruined. And it did not appear to be the sort of clothes that it would appeal. Yeah. Um, to the Islamic fundamentalist warrior. Yeah. Just from what I know about, it, I'm not well versed in it, but from images I've seen, it didn't seem to be the same. Yeah. It didn't seem to be their target demo. Yeah. Huh. Um, you know, oh, yeah. Keep the name and undergo a you know change in the family of products. Right. Oh yeah, two good things. Uh, what, brief, briefly mentioned, I wanted to say uh, I was um, I thought of you today. I was uh, just uh, looking over an article I'd written to make sure there were no uh, glaring typographical errors, and I saw at the bottom um, one of the possible articles that was one of the uh, you know. Uh, sponsored content articles that was being suggested to me was 12 greatest movie dragons 12 <laughs> greatest movie dragons of all time and I was just wondering if I didn't click through but I was wondering if that was written by you Dean because I know that <laughs> you're on record as, I don't if, was it Dungeons or Dragons that you like better are you more of a Dungeons guy or more of a Dragons 50-50 uh, I'd say Dungeons you prefer Dungeons yeah yeah there's more mystery there what's inside the dungeon could be a dragon could be a, <laughs> could be a dragon yeah a large room with the dragon in it. It's you know it's it's less limiting than just liking the dragon. Right, right, right. I su- I suppose you could say that a that if you were swallowed by a dragon, that might be a sort of a it might be a dungeon of its own. The, you yeah. know, the, the uh, intestines or whatever of of the dragon. But but sure. yeah, I think I think what you're saying is probably right. Here's another thing, and this is I, there was a tableau um, that I thought you would enjoy as I was walking around trying to find an uh, optimal spot for. For recording this, all right. I walked by Legal Seafoods. They call it the Legal Seafoods Test Kitchen. I don't know if they really actually have particularly ex- experimental experimental items on the menu, but that's what they call it. Okay. I saw. So this was ten forty five. Ten forty five. I saw a woman. Okay. Um, she was not necessarily. She was probably uh, forty five fifty. You know, she was not like uh, sharply dressed. Uh, steely-eyed businesswoman. She was oh. a little bit more dowdy than that, but not, you know, not she probably had had I would say two kids. Um, was, she, was she a strumpet? No, she was not a strumpet. No, no, she was uh, I would say conservatively dressed. Um, well, that's uh, still at this point. But pleasant, pleasant woman though. But uh, it was what was in front of her that was of interest. Again, ten forty-five. Uh, oh. She had what appeared to be um, she had finished a plate. Of sautéed mussels. Okay. And she had it in front of her a three-quarters full glass of what appeared to be Stella Artois. Okay. Yeah. 
And uh, so I would just, if you had uh, taken in that tableau, would you say, is, it, is this your, is this a, f- a potential friend for Dane Perry? Yeah, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer to be a strumpet, but... Yeah. Do you think the rules of drinking are, are as we know them, are uh, entirely different inside of the airport than outside of it? I think so, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you're not... You're essentially, uh, you know, if your flight's long enough, it's just like having a nightcap. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's kind of like tailgating. If she was doing that in her destination airport. If she showed up in... No, like she's, she's, you know, just putting off going home. She's already, you know, she lived in Boston or whatever. Right. Is that better or worse, do you think? I think in a way that's better. Yeah. I'm going to have some muscles and beer before I go home. Before I go home, yeah. Yeah. But on the way... Yeah. I don't think there are a lot of people who are um, who are connecting in Boston because it's you know way up in the northeast corner there. Yeah. Maybe from smaller airports in New England, but I think generally yeah. it's it's usually a, I, my guess is she was starting off on her trip. That would be my guess. Fair enough. How, what do you think about this this proposition? Maybe that um, that the airport is sort of like a a tailgate for business people. <laughs> they're getting ready for future business, That's not but, but they're allowed to drink and eat as much as they want before it yeah. occurs. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Is that? But you know, sports tailgating, you simply go observe the people who are participating. Right. Business people actually go and do the thing. They do business. Well, you could say that the act of fan- <clears throat> fandom. That's that's a. Is it so? Is it more of like a pregame spread, the business people? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but usually the athletes themselves would drink. No, I would say that. I would say that there is no because here, um, the fan right, the fan is participating at some level. He or she is called upon to cheer when appropriate. They're they're stomping and raising their fists and yelling slogans. Right, and perhaps that's all because the, listen, the people you're seeing. If they're not in the uh, the executives club at the airport, yeah, it, they're probably not at the highest reaches of the corporate ladder. Correct. No. <clears throat> uh, so my guess is that what's happening is Admirals Club. Right. 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 Yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, the Delta Sky Club is the uh, is the option here. Yeah. Um, you're seeing the person. You're not seeing the person who's at the very top. I mean, essentially, all the middle management. Are they not this the people who are stomping and cheering for the executives at the top? Because it's ultimately those people's decisions who matter. They're the ones who, like a top athlete, has uh, have uh, made their way to the top. And middle management is just hoping that those people don't screw up. Ultimately, the the fate, their own fates are decided by the decisions, the performance of the people at the top. You know, you could uh, you could create a, a pretty. Pretty nifty uh, business inspiration office poster out of just that caption. Stomp and cheer for the executives at the top. <laughs> I don't know. It might, might have too much reality to it to be very inspiring. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Dane. Who's well, in charge of you? Les Moonvies? No, he's NBC. Les, who, who's at the head of your business? I'm not going to invoke any names of anyone above me on this podcast. I will immediately, I will immediately edit your mention of them to the word "poop" you mentioned earlier. <laughs> I will do it. Say say the name of the executive at the top of the corporate ladder at the 
uh, what is it? What, what does CBS stand? Columbia Broadcasting System? Oh, it's not. It actually, doesn't stand for that anymore. Tony Robbins. <laughs> Wait, does Viacom still own them? No, no, CBS. Oh yeah, it's Les Moonves. I was oh. right. Les Moonves is right at the top there. Have you ever met Les Moonves? I've not. I'm have a you, fine gentleman. Have you met Nina Tassler? I've met no one uh, in any sort of position of substantial power. Oh. Okay. So you don't know Nina Tassler, graduate of uh, Boston University? I do not. I'm okay. sure she's a lovely lady and very accomplished. And Can I just invite you to say Nina Tassler? Nope. <laughs> just say, just say. How about just say Nina? Hey, hey, uh, Dane. Quick question: What were the three? What were the three ships that Christopher Columbus sailed to the New World? The Pinta. Yeah. Santa Maria. Yeah. Success. Good times. <laughs> how about Sean McManus? Can you say? Can you say Sean McManus for me? No, yeah. He's also at the top of the ladder. I can't. Are they going to kick you out of the BBWAA since you don't even use your membership? Um, what you're saying is false. I'm actually about to use it for multiple days here in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Don't okay. worry. I, I've already communicated with the media relations people at the Arizona Fall League, and apparently they're big fans of the podcast. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Uh, not Probably not this one. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but yes, I would like to acknowledge... Uh, would like to acknowledge... Uh, I believe his name is, I don't know if I should say it, Dylan Higgins, though. Dylan Higgins. He says, Carson, I'm a fan of your podcasts. He Higg, he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, I would enthusiastically allow you, I might even talk to a player. I might talk to Boog Pal. Real name Herschel Pal goes by Boog Pal. I, uh, I've always liked the name Herschel. Yes, and it's a funny spelling. Um, H-E-R-S-C-H-E-L. Yeah. yeah, Herschel Powell, Herschel Mac Powell is his name. Wow. Sure, yeah, Herschel Powell. Yeah, and uh, you see it? Reelect. He is interesting, actually. He is a uh, he's a center field prospect in the Oakland system. Received very little attention as a prospect. Twentieth round draft selection out of Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa, uh, and yet uh, I would say promising. Great control of strike zone, uh, able able to play center field. My kind of guy. Yes, just like you. No, well, no, none of that. <laughs> no, the only thing we have in common is that uh, he too was caught for using amphetamines. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing that we have in common. But uh, I'm gonna. I think um, youthful indiscretion. I think we can describe it as a youthful indiscretion. Sure. Um, you know, did we not all? Did we not make mistakes when we were young? Sure. Sure, we did. I took mini fins in college. Yeah. You took what? Sorry. Mini fins. Is that what they're called? Basically, like legal trucker drugs. Oh, ugh, gross. Ugh. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah. Do, do those erode your bones? Do those hurt your bones? I had to do something awful. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that they break. I think they make your bones brittle. This make- is not. Listen, I'm not using any science. I'm not <laughs> utilizing any sort of scientific knowledge when I make that claim. Yeah. However, still more scientific than the claims they make on the packaging of those, <laughs> of those same those same products. It was worth it, though, for what I'll call the trucker's tingle <laughs> that taking minigans would give you. Ugh. I bet they, I bet, I bet it, it's hard not to find those if you're going to drugstores in Mississippi. Oh, I bet, I bet, I bet those were made devastatingly illegal not long after I took them. 
Yeah, that's not a product that should be made available. It's essentially like the worst part of what what Diamond Tap or whatever drug you're not supposed to take, the Robitussin or what are the the uh, you know the over the counter drugs that are no longer over the counter. Right. Like the uh, yeah whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So I'm very excited to see Boog Pal. I will watch him. Yeah. Good. Um, now, how do you feel about the uh, murder of Notgrass some few days out? Um, Has a weight been lifted? Uh, no, not that necessarily. I yeah. think I think it lasted for a very nice amount of time. Yeah. I think it did. Uh, I'm happy with the things that have happened there. I'm, uh, I, it, I, it pains me to say it, but I think that you were one of the most important contributors to it. Okay. Um, and I think that the things that happened there... Uh, we're great. Yep. I think that uh, we published a, a lot. I think 5,000 posts, approximately. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, that is a lot. Um, uh, yeah, a lot happened there that was silly. A lot happened there that was, uh, which was mostly me groping for page views by means of posting R.A. Dickey's uh, knuckleball in slow motion, and that is a thing you can do. Yes. Uh, if you want to get... If you want to get page views, yeah. um, but a lot of it was very silly and very funny, well. and uh, had really had no place on a, an internet weblog that was attempting to become profitable. Now, is Appleman at this moment performing triage on his business model? <laughs> is it completely falling apart? His business model. Has his millions turned into hundreds? No, I think that he's yeah. actually become significantly more profitable uh, <laughs> since the, since Knockrafts has been axed. <laughs> but Banknotes Industries uh, has taken its place. Yes, so it has. I think I'm, I'm supposed to do something for that, but I haven't done yet. Yeah, Wellbeard Englishman has written a number of posts already there. As, as, oh. Uh, as has... Uh, oh, apparently Bradley Woodrum has a son. Yeah, I've, I've noticed on Facebook. He's, he looks like a lovely young man. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, got his wife pregnant and everything. Yeah, you should try it. Look at that. Huh. All right. Stop spilling your seed like Omen. <laughs> gross. It's gross in so many ways. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, well, I don't know. Are we done here? If we conducted the business of gentlemen. Stop spilling your seed on the garden beds of that private school. Oh, so gross. So it's so gross what you're saying. Oh. No. Uh yeah, are we done? Uh, are we? Uh, any uh, I don't know, all-encompassing thoughts to help us guide us into the future? <coughs> I have none. Okay. No, I have none. Would you say you have such a cl- an exact vision of the future that you you would like to strangle this podcast dead? <laughs> yeah, I could go for that. I could go for strangling the podcast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cause of death. Dane Perry's meat hooks. Yeah, soup bones. Yeah, Dane Perry's soup bones. Yeah. Do you, when you go to the airport, are you forced to run your hands through the x-ray devices? Or do you have to put them into a bin all by themselves? I have to check my hands. You have to check your hands officially? It must be in the checked baggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least till I get my license to kill. <laughs> then you don't even have to. You can use, uh, what is this? Oh yeah, you can you you can get uh, you could pre-check somehow. I still don't know how that works. I think that is for the I think that is for America's elite, which I'm I've not a part. Randomly, I've randomly been funneled into that a few times. 
You have. It's very nice. Yeah. How did you? How did it happen? I don't. There seems to be. Like, I don't know if it was like the test program or whatever, but you know, I don't know. But yeah, just a couple of times, probably like four times, I've been randomly funneled into that. Like they'll take a look at my boarding pass and say, "All right, you can go to pre-check." How does that happen? I, I don't know. I because mean, I, I certainly haven't paid for anything or anything like Is that. Is it just a, well? This one has blown up zero planes. <laughs> I mean, right. is that the idea? No, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're randomly pulling people out just to, uh, I don't know, keep the lines yeah. moving. I'm not sure why. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it was it was delightful. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it was. Very enjoy. I very enjoy not taking off my shoes. You very enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying that wasn't eloquent? I said you. You just. I'm just saying you very enjoy it. Yes, I very enjoy it. Okay. I yeah. could throw much in there if I wanted to, but, you know, YOLO. All right, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, we're done. We're done. We are done. This is yeah. this has been a shitty one. It's been, it's been a pleasure to, uh, talking with you, though. Eat shit, loser. Okay. Well. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you um, learned it, how my mother signs off to me during every phone conversation. <laughs> but you nailed it. It's exactly what she says. Maybe you'd stop disappointing her. Oh, no. Give her a grandchild and get a decent job. Yeah. <laughs> stop spilling your seed all over New England. Ugh, gross. But still, again, direct quotes from my mother. <laughs> <laughs> seed spiller. Ugh. Cheeky monkey. That was the original... Uh, yeah, anyway. All right, Dane. Uh, we'll stick around for one second, but in the meantime, it's been a pleasure, Dane. No, it hasn't, but it has. Happy travels, Stuart. All right. All right. Uh, that has been... Uh, we thank Dane Perry. Thank you, Dane Perry. Yep. Uh, for, for, uh, that has been uh, Dane Perry of... Uh, no longer of Notcrafts, but definitely of CBSSports.com. Here to comes Eye on Baseball. Uh, I'm Carson Stooley. This has been Fangraphs Audio. 